This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Bobs, a.k.a. Young Thanos, because I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. Y'all already know what it is. I'm in my hip-hop bag. I live in a hip-hop bag, but it's hip-hop's 50th, so I'm really getting in my hip-hop bag on this one. Today, I got one y'all ain't see coming. Today's guest is viral internet sensation Mandy Mayhem. Now, if you don't know who Mandy Mayhem is, think back to a time when you were scrolling through your timeline and you saw this white woman with white hair passionately spitting Jay-Z's PSA. Like, she looked like she'd been spitting that rhyme since it came out. And I guarantee you that she did, you know? She's a hip-hop head, hardcore. Shout to Mandy. Thank you for being on the show. She was so much fun to talk to. I'm really proud to put this episode out because I feel like my conversation with Mandy represents passion. The first thing that you notice about this woman is her passion when she's spinning. It also shows how far hip hop's arms stretch. You look at her, you wouldn't assume that she herself is a bar spitter or how much she loves and knows about rap. But real talk, she a real one. She got a story, man. She opened up about some things and you know she a real one she got some stuff in her past you see people on the internet you see them in a moment and you don't really get an opportunity to understand who they are and that's what this episode is about it's about the love of hip-hop how that comes in all shapes forms colors nationalities hip-hop is global you know hip-hop is cabernet sauvignon Hip-hop is that varietal that might have started in France, but is now planted all over the world and has become its own thing. Hip-hop started in the Bronx, and now it's all over the world, and it's become its own thing in all different forms, from all different types of people. For me, man, the number one thing is respect for the art, and Mandy is a true artist. She is an artist, man. She's putting it all out there. So shout to her, respect to her, and are you subscribed to the show yet because if you're not make sure you go ahead and subscribe right now i promise you i'm not done got so much more in the tank you do not want to miss not even one of these joints so without further ado mandy mayhem we got mandy mayhem in the building y'all Yo, I gotta say, Mandy, man, I am I'm a fan. Like, you kind of set the internet on fire at a certain point. Like, I saw you come across my timeline and then you just kept coming across. I'm like, and I was so so taken away. So now Mandy is that amazing woman that you saw spitting her life out to some Jay-Z lyrics. Like, I feel like, and don't, and the thing is, people have done this. People you know, have videos where they're like reciting lyrics word for word. I've seen the pages, but you were rapping with a certain amount of passion behind it so much that it went viral, man. I'm, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us, Mandy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. This is my first um, 
post virality podcast. So mm. I'm, feel, say, I'm feeling I'm feeling special. You know, well, you are in the right in the right place. This is wine and hip hop. So, you know, you are absolutely hip hop. And I feel like you have this this classic style. You you are wine yourself, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you are in the right place. So um I have to start the show though to 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 bring people into who Mandy Mayhem is. Now, I got a hip-hop audience and I got a wine audience. So, um, are, are you a wine drinker? Do you enjoy wine? I'm sober. Really? Okay, well. <clears throat> we gonna focus on the hip-hop. <laughs> I, I did enjoy wine heavily prior to not drinking anymore. Um, so yeah, I love... You know what? Now I just smell it. Because I feel like that's really what I was interested in anyway, was the smell. Because um, once it gets in the mouth, it's just, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think that's actually a very interesting point that you bring up. And this is something that I try to put people on to all the time. Like wine is something, it's not just a beverage. You know, it is art that you can taste, but it's also visually stunning. You know, people, definitely enjoy the color of wine and the hue you can have these some rosés with like this beautiful like pale pink you know you got right now i'm drinking sauterne like amazing like beautiful gold color but also you can appreciate the smell you know and that is absolutely a, a huge huge part of of enjoying wine so the fact that you can enjoy that piece of it and pull that out that lets people know what that they dealing with a specialist. This is a technician, y'all. This is a technician. She focuses on the details. She also has the nose of the canine, which is unfortunate for men. Mm. Ah. It's not possible. Like you showered somewhere else with this particular brand of soap. Where were you? <laughs> like, why you smell like secret deodorant? <laughs> <laughs> Whose house were you running out of? Who's the other? <laughs> mm. Nah, I, I, I feel you. Well, look, I'm glad to have you on the show. So I'm not going to convert you into trying to be a wine drinker. I will say I had an episode the other day with um, dope girl Isis Daniels, um, a.k.a. the Millennial Psalm, and she was putting me on to some uh, non-alcoholic wines. And, you know, I haven't been that familiar with the category, but it is a huge, huge growing category. So I got to send you a couple bottles, but I'm going to get some recommendations from my homegirl first. You know what I'm saying? I, I, a big part of the wine situation for me, um, like even the non-alcoholic stuff, is I don't do sugar either. Mm. So I found that the problem I had with drinking was, um, I think, a sugar allergy, to be honest. Because I, I have a lot, I have a very rich spiritual life and have a lot of tools to um you know get through this day-to-day -day experience we're having and when i would drink i would have these thoughts that didn't make sense it was almost like a flip had been switched like some you know, intrusive thoughts about like your life is terrible it's not worth living this kind of shit. and i'm like that is not true mm. it, what is happening and so I realized that it was related to the sugar. It was flipping a switch in me. You know, it's, it's a depressant or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So then when I stopped drinking, I had like a pop, uh, you know, from McDonald's or something like this. 
a couple of months later and the same thing happened. And I was like, oh shit, it's not necessarily an alcohol thing. It's the process of the way the alcohol turns into sugar in your body. And so I can't have either. So it's just, you know, I loved wine. I really mm. loved it. Went to France towards some vineyards. Um, that's a good story, actually. I was with um, um, an ex-Mormon bishop who <laughs> 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 left the church. And I was like teaching him how to um, drink and fuck and go to clubs. And <laughs> Oh, listen, no, <laughs> I want to hear more about this Mormon bishop now. <laughs> he needed some guidance. You know, he'd been with the same woman for a long time because that's what you do. And they had like 1,500 children and he had left the church and left his wife and left his family and he was like having a life all of a sudden and so we met in the south of france i think um, bordeaux mm. and we we drove from there to monte carlo and he like had no game <laughs> he went out of the game for a little minute <laughs> i had to teach him all kinds of shit i mean he had enough game to get me to fucking france so right, there's something right. I mean, that's a player move. You got to, you know, date out the country. Like, yeah, let's jump on a flight. You got flewed out. You got flewed out. I got flewed out. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we met and he was all like trying to be romantic and shit. And I was like, listen, we don't know each other like that. (laughs) Let's just fuck. I'll teach you how to do that. Um, (laughs) It can be fun when there's no consequences you know emotional right. uh, he was like running baths and like candles i was like no no not all that, <laughs> not all that. <laughs> oh man well damn well it got you here <laughs> you know eventually <laughs> so um how did how did this begin like was um so you went viral with the jay-z verse right yeah now um were you were you already rapping before that or was this like yo i'm gonna jump online and spit some shit real quick um no <laughs> so there's two parts to that story one is the viral component came from somebody screen recording a live broadcast i was doing on TikTok. Mm. so i would not have purposely taken that particular clip and shared it <laughs> there's a few reasons one i fucked up one of the lyrics which is like so annoying. I, I can't even watch it. It makes me so mad. Um, like, he was born to dictate, not never dictate. Of course he fucking dictates. Of course I dictate. It's just very upsetting to me. I never did. Like, that was the passion, though. That was that passion. I'm, I'm sure Jay Z messed that line up sometime. Oh, I've seen him mess shit up, so it's fine. Um, he messed up Renegade in the when they did it on. Um, David Letterman. So every time I do that cover, I don't feel so bad because that first verse is really tricky. Um, I'm on that track. Okay, back to the story. So I started going live on TikTok in November, and that at that point, that was December, first week of December, that somebody screen recorded it and sent it to Twitter and everywhere. Um, so I had been rapping like three or four nights a week 
for like two, three, four hours. On your lives or on just? My lives. On my lives. And they're like one night I went for five hours. Just like somebody says a song and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I go down a rabbit hole of like <laughs> OPP and like jump around, like crisscross, <laughs> like all kinds of shit. Uh, you know, and then I'll get into the hard, you know, album cuts and whatever. So, so at that particular moment, that was the highest the room had ever been. So there's a little like counter in the top corner and it was at 7,000 or 8,000 or some shit when I was, and so I was kind of like discombobulated, but also that's my song. Uh, mm. Like that's my song. I so, felt that. Yeah, that's my song. Um, that's my joy. Um, but I started, I started rapping in the '80s, like just in the basement with my cousin. We would make up dance moves and like or practice dance moves more like <laughs> the, the Roger Rabbit. Um, and the Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that one. Yeah. And like learn the words. He was super into Big Daddy Kane, um, Breaded Kingpin, like, yeah. So I just loved hip hop from the time I was a kid. Like it felt so rebellious and angry and sexual. And um, and I was learning so much. Like, you know, Chuck D said, uh, rap is the black scene and rap or hip hop. But it's like, I was like, fight the power like I didn't know there was a power to fight you know and then I was like right. oh, what is this like ugh, I want to learn about this so I've always loved hip-hop and then I started um, going to this party in Toronto called hip-hop karaoke which started in New York and there's also one in London um, England and the party in Toronto was a monthly jam I, don't, I think I maybe started going in like 09 um, so every month I would learn a new song really well because you can't like, I mean now they have the karaoke tracks with the words, but back right. then they didn't. So they play like the B-side, you know, because it was the B-side still. Everyone wasn't making instrumentals even. Exactly. Um, so they play the B-side and then you had to fucking know the words. Like they'd have them on a piece of paper, but you can't read rap lyrics from a piece of paper. You look up and you're <laughs> Like you're never finding your spot again. Right. <laughs> um, although now I have an iPad beside me, and if I'm familiar enough with the song, I can generally find there's like spots I might get stuck or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or there's always like a word or two that's like, oh yeah, and yeah. then it brings you right back onto that train. Yeah. Like somebody, I'm so upset about this because Anderson Pack commented on it, and like I was so sad he laughed. He was like laughing at me <laughs> because one of the videos I said. Um, Coin, is it? Is it? What track is it? Coin, and it sounded like I said corn. Uh, <laughs> and somebody's like, they get coin, not corn. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, fuck you. Like you guys don't fucking know. I've been rapping for three hours at this point. I can't even talk. My like, I'm just like, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm gonna fuck up some words. Get over it. It's funny. People don't really put that into context. You wouldn't. It's so hard because like that's the thing about going viral. It's like one moment in your life 
becomes the moment that everybody knows you for. That could have been just like one moment. You could have just been bugging out, but now that's who you are. Oh my you God. know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so, getting recognized in like grocery stores and shit. And the first day that it like right after it went viral, I was in the grocery store and I walked around the corner and this guy laughed in my face. It wasn't even like, oh cool. It was like, ah! dude. Wow. And then I, yeah, then I got kind of freaked out. I was like, what am I buying? Is he gonna take a picture of me? Of what? Mm. What am I buying? Cucumbers and condoms. Ugh. <laughs> So what what has the response been like overall? Like, you know, now, so you you got the video, it's going everywhere. Um, what was your initial thoughts when you realized, holy shit, this was blowing up? Initially, um, it was really discombobulating. Like, I've been in the entertainment industry for a long time. I have a TV show, I've got two TV shows um, that I wrote about hip hop. I've been performing, I have two albums, like after Hip Hop Karaoke, I won all these championships. And like, I've been in and I write, I have a degree in literature and like poet. This is, this is not playtime. Like you've been oh, at this, this wasn't, brain. you wasn't right. jumping on a wave. You didn't. You weren't doing that to go viral. It's just kind oh, of what happened. I was, I, look, I've, I've been training as an actor for 10 years, writing my whole life, developing the crafts, all of these crafts, working very hard and nothing was working. And strategizing and being like, I'm gonna do this film, this TV show, whatever. Nothing was popping. And like, yes, I have a show, it's on HBO now, I've got nothing on Amazon, but like you do a show and the industry's like, we're just gonna pay you a little bit because this is your big opportunity, it's exposure, well, you know? And then you're back to auditioning for commercials and, and like the week that I went viral, or no, the week I started going live, I had an audition for a retirement home commercial. And I was like, yo, is this like all this training, this is where I'm gonna end up? Um. So I just was like, that, that, I think of that Janis Joplin line, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. It's like, I don't know, I can't, I can't do this for everyone else anymore. Try to figure out what the fuck they want. What brings me joy? Music, interacting with people, being completely, a complete lunatic, just laughing at the cosmic joke, like playing, you know? And so it was like, oh my God, I'm in my element. There's no, there's nobody telling me what I, what to do, giving me direction, making me read a bullshit script that they didn't even put enough time in to check like the type, like, fuck off, you know? Um, so it's just, the medium is a really incredible space for this like performance art. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. And the medium is telling it, the medium is the director. You know, you, there's, I've never experienced, you know, imagine doing a show and you can hear what everyone's thinking in every second. I, I, there are comments scrolling the screen the whole fucking time, telling you exactly what they're feeling. So when it went, when it went viral, what was really interesting 
first of all, I'm viral again right now. This is oh, yeah. No, you video. you viral as shit. You lit. You're, you're legitimately lit. It's past viral. You lit. That's what you are. Is that, <laughs> is that the technical definition? Te technically, <laughs> after viral twice, you lit. Like, all right. Second this time, she lit now. Yeah. Now, third time, like, this is how this is what you do. Okay. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. But yes, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I cut you off. No, I'm excited to have that definition. No, excuse me. I'm not fucking with it. <laughs> so what was so crazy about it was it was like my art was pulled from me and taken. Somebody else took ownership of it to the point where they're putting fucking watermarks on my content. Right. right? <laughs> That's not yours. That's oh, and then I'm like, this must be what it feels like to be a black person and have your have your everything stolen from you. Like, <laughs> like, oh wait, like, wait, do I get a piece of that? Do I get any say in how this is cut or it looks? Let me think about it. Here, for a minute. Um, <laughs> no, it will. My agent sent me a. a message my acting agent when it went viral i guess a friend of his or somebody else that works in the agency i don't know it was like black twitter found mandy <laughs> and it was like oh okay what's that what does that mean what's going on <laughs> and the comments oh my god like so much shit about appropriation and like dear white people never do this in public like i would i ugh, mm. i cried I, it makes me emotional right now i cried for like a week like I, you know i don't i don't i'm not gonna out victim black people here like that's not what this is about but i was like oh shit there's a lot of pain here this is you know so i started this woman reached out to me a woman named Michelle Hollinger reached out to me and said, you are authentic allyship. This is what, this is what I'm talking about in my book. She wrote a, a workbook called Authentic Allyship in order to support white folks in America in particular in maintaining their allyship because what happened after George Floyd and the protests is like white people got really quiet again because of all kinds of reasons. I can't speak to everyone else's, you know, experience. For me personally, I'm Canadian. So um, I have this whole thing with ICE <laughs> and the government. And I just get like a little bit afraid of being, you know, too uh, outspoken, but I have a lot of shit to say. So as soon as I ever married or get a green card, uh, I'm, I'm on a visa, right? So anyway, that's a whole other fucking don't worry, after this show, they're gonna be like, word, and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be a whole type of different DMs that that you're starting to get. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um, so Annie, she reached out to me and was like, This is what this is, and she was so gracious to have a call with me and like help me talk through some of this stuff. And you know, in her wisdom said, nothing will trigger you if you don't have unresolved issues around it so what is it that they're saying that is is feels true to you and like i have this is not the first time someone has said to me get out of this music this is not for you. and you know because i have an album and whatever and 
um, a dear friend of mine who's a woman of color. And, and surprisingly, most people who tell me that aren't black. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Interesting yeah. how that happens, right? I'm like, but black people think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so when Trump got elected and all that stuff started happening, I was I was doing comedy and hip hop and like finding this sort of sweet spot in the middle and nothing was funny and I definitely did not want to be contributing to the problem mm. and, and I realized there's just a lot of shit that I don't know I don't know what I don't know so let me just shut up and learn right so I feel like I did and and what what I learned coming out the other side is that I can't fucking help anybody if I don't have a platform or a voice. So not rapping isn't helping anyone. Like, yes, let me support this art this artist. You know, if I don't have a fucking platform, I can't do it. So I thought, well, I don't I'm never gonna get it right all the time. I'm gonna make mistakes in trying, but I'm not gonna and I'm gonna try. So ever since then, um, and I have this whole group of moderators. We have a Discord channel. There's about 70 people in there. People who subscribe to my, um, just subscribe to me on TikTok, get access to this Discord channel. And they moderate the chat. And I've said to them, if people come in, you know, talking about um, calling me a culture vulture or whatever. I don't want you to mute them. I want you to let them sit for a while. Let give them a chance to um, see what's really going on. Because when you have your whole life, people have been throwing rocks at you. Everything's gonna look like a rock when you first see it. And some people will do the research, and some people won't. But I have to give them space. If we just react with like fuck fuck off like I study a course in miracles and there's this there's this lesson in the course that's like or maybe it's just a line text but it says would you rather be right or happy so when I engage with these conversations like when I'm arguing in my head I'm in ego I'm trying to be right and and I just so that in the course you say I'm willing to see this different and you just let it go and open up to different opportunities, different ideas. And what has what keeps coming back to me is like that thing about the stones. Holding space for people to change their minds is really powerful. Mm. But you have to be okay with what you're doing in order to to hold that space for someone to change their mind. Because if there's doubt in me, um, you know, then then that's when I'm gonna get triggered. And there's all kinds of things that trigger me. Like sometimes it depends on where I'm at in my cycle. If it's like after ovulation, things upset me more. <laughs> if it's before ovulation, I'm like, hey, I'm oh, fucking hot and smart and fucking, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's a very, um, that's a real G approach to it. And I like that, you know, you're also like connecting with other people and making sure that you utilize this as allyship. You know, when I think about uh, culture vulture, the thing is hip hop is absolutely a product of black culture, but 
it doesn't mean that you have to be black <laughs> to make hip-hop or appreciate it or even be a part of the culture every culture starts somewhere you can genuinely be a part of hip-hop culture as you said you've been rapping since you were growing up like right there boom you already got more hip-hop bones than a couple people that i know but you know not just that um it's it's also about being a, a culture vulture is someone who benefits from the culture and doesn't put anything back in you know and i appreciate that you're listening and you're looking at the fact that you can use this platform to do better and that's what it is about it's about contributing back into the culture and it's an ecosystem that's how it works you know it's a community that's how community works we all have a role and I love that you identified your role and also like linking up with the right people to do it the right way, you know. Um, but I, I think it's very cool that that's not something that you try to highlight or say like, hey, look, see, I got black friends like you're not doing that. Right. So um, it's almost like you let your actions speak for you. Now, we talked about the fact that this is your first podcast, the interview since you know, since going viral. So now here's a, a great stage to actually say something to those people that might come out and say you a cultural culture. Like these people in front of you, if they were in front of you right now, what would you like to say to them? I don't think it's about what I have to say. I think when somebody is lashing out in that way, it, again, from A Course of Miracles, everything is either love or a call for love. So when someone's lashing out, they're in pain. I'm not in pain. If that person is lashing out, I want to know what, why do you feel that way? Tell me more about this. How is it hurting you? It's not about what I think. It's not about me. This conversation is so much bigger than me, but I'm willing to have it. I'm willing to hear and hold space for it. I have no answers. I love it. Yeah. That's real. So onto that, as, a, as an avid hip, lifelong hip hop lover, you know I gotta ask, who is your top five? I had to. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna assume Jay Z's in there, cause like <laughs> that was from the that was from the bottom of your gut. You were spitting those balls. <laughs> yeah, so like, so, some of the comments have been quite memorable. <laughs> she spit that shit like she lived it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did though. I did live it. Um, my dad was a drug dealer, yes. So, ah, yeah. okay, now we're getting into the shit. Yeah, you're going to have to get Your me. Your dad done. was the plug? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was into a lot of stuff. Um, bag, don't say what, gang. He was a motorcycle gang guy. He was hanging out with the mafia. Um, I went to like the kids, mafia kids, Don birthday parties and shit. <laughs> Bobbing for apples with the Don's daughter. Um, ooh, that's a good rhyme. Ooh. Um, anyway, he wasn't a big kingpin or anything like that, but you know. He was in the game. He was a player. So I get it. Like this, this element, I'm just stalling so I don't have to do my top five. This element. <laughs> I don't shout out anyone unless they fucking pay me. Yo. We we could make it. We could make it like multiple choice. <laughs> like, all right, so we can fill the slots in. Yeah, I mean, I it changes. You know, it changes. Of course. Um, okay, Mon Jay. Mine changes like monthly, so don't feel obligated okay. here. 
Jay. Lauren Hill. Mm. Um. Um. Chuck D. I have reasons behind all of these. Two. Oh, we gonna get into the reasons. I'm I'm picking which artist I I'd love to hear you like go in on. Yeah. So you got one more. So I mean, I wish people were like top five voice, top five lyrics, mm. top five, you know, storytelling. Top five, like that's what how I would like to approach this, but. Well, I, I think that's that's definitely a, a great approach. Um, I'm on my Drake shit again, okay? I'm just going to fucking say it. It's okay. You know, I feel like saying that in these days, when you speak in a certain hip-hop crowds, like, saying that you a Drake fan is like saying that you eat McDonald's. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, fan. I'm just on my Drake shit right now. I'm, it's, it's like, yo, I think I can honestly say I feel like Drake, is um i think he's the best out man he could do every fucking thing he could do everything this dude can give you jamaican music that's because he's from toronto hello he can, he can do the he can do the the british shit like yeah, this every like drake this guy's doing into i mean it's silly like drake you gotta give drake his credit man don't get me wrong the questionable pen is tough it's tough that whole ghostwriter situation you kind of just don't know how to read it for me i'm a purist in that way you know um so it's hard for me to put him in my top five but i'll say wholeheartedly drake is the best artist out right now because i think it's look it's multiple skill sets it's multiple skill like i i the video that's going viral right now i posted it on tiktok and i posted it on instagram the one on Instagram I did right before a show. I'm reading the lyrics still. I don't know. That. I'm still like tweaking it. On and but then I posted on TikTok and I like two camera. I'm looking all sexy. I'm doing my performance shit. It has like no views. The other one is like, guys, I'm working on this first. What? It's like kind of whatever. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's caught three million views or three three point something. Mm. so it doesn't matter like the lyrics aren't the only component here right. it's a magic sauce delivery cadence an actor like i get i i'm a fan i when i hate on him it's only because i'm upset that he hasn't messaged me like <laughs> <laughs> m, you know? see i feel like m m is scared for, well, I'm not gonna say he's scared. He's scared to battle you, basically. Yeah. I'm no one. I already have a whole <laughs> diss track I put out. I, I responded to a shady XD cipher. Like, I don't even know how many fucking years ago. Because <laughs> yeah. I was so bad. Did you see? Have you seen it? No. See, oh, I feel like now nah, I, I, I want to facilitate this meeting somehow. I, I I don't know Eminem. I don't have any connections to him, but I, I, I feel do. like I want to figure this out. I don't know him, but I can get I can get there. We trying to run them numbers up, y'all. You want to help grow the brand? Subscribe to the YouTube right now. Be the first to check out new episodes of Taste and Notes from the Streets, our fire visual and event series where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from around the world. I mean, 
If you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting half the fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube. One. Damn. So I'm interested, right? Because like you're someone who is comfortable speaking about sex. I feel like sexuality is a part of your persona. You even give off like a sexy vibe. You got a, a, a it's either avocado or vagina <laughs> behind you right now. <laughs> it's labia, darling. It's labia. You got it a... vagina. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's uh, made in my own image. Oh. <laughs> I, I created it for a video I did, I think in 2015, called Crave. And the concept of the video is there's this 50s housewife and she comes home from shopping or whatever and she goes to the front window of her house and turns on the neon sign and the neon sign is a vagina to let the neighbors know she's open for business and then it's like a peep show and all the neighbors come and they look in the window while she cleans the house the symbolism yeah, it's like this ideal version of a woman, you know, of this that was manufactured for us in the 50s that um, we've been pulling uh, pulling away from and coming back toward, like trying to figure out what is the feminine. Um, my All my work, it, it centers around um, the expression of the feminine within and without the male gaze. So what does it mean to express the feminine when no man is watching? And are we even capable of that? Because all of our media has been filtered through the male gaze since the beginning. Um, so there's a performative aspect to being female, to expressing the feminine, not to being female, to expressing the feminine that um, I'm really interested in playing with and also just as a in my art but also as a as a woman finding what is authentic and true for me um, in my own feminine expression and um, li living that but listen we are in a world where it's not safe to be in your feminine um, which to me the description of being in the feminine this men and women can be in this we all have this in us is to be receiving right like we receive during sex so you have to be relaxed and open and safe in order to receive um and it's not always safe to be in that space and this is why i love hip-hop and why i love being on stage and why i love performing because when i'm on stage it's a safe space no one can touch me, fuck with me, come up and tell me about their dick. I can just be that and, and really sink into it. When I'm on a dance floor and I allow that to happen, yeah. they're all over me. Oh, they're gonna give you that creep up. Yeah, oh, there's a dick on me. There's a dick on, there's a dick on me. <laughs> like you gotta look back. You give the look back test. If you look back, that's the thing, man. Sure you look back and it's like, okay, sure, you can go ahead. You know, but nah, nah, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough, right? Because like, how do you, <laughs> how do you, cause you're so viral all the time and, and you know, you have this part of your personality, like 
do you feel like you've received a, a different reception from people like just in your everyday life and like is that now like a center of how many how people are communicating with you or is it just you know looked at as art uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I gotta ask you know I gotta ask Excited as art, I wish. No, I mean, look, artists do. Artists get it. Okay. Now, nah, when I saw the glow and pussy, I knew that was some art. Like, I, like, I, I got that. On, on just like seeing it on IG, like seeing it behind you, I understood. Okay, this is a zone that she's creating, you know. And that's what it is. Like, I feel like art is really just being intentional. It's about you know communicating an expression. And, you know, whatever that is, it's just really, it's about the details and showing that you're intentional, intentional about what you're looking to communicate. That's a really interesting perspective. I think when, multiple lines around this, in the specific is the universal. So the more specific and intentional you are with your work, the more it can permeate. Mm-hmm. However, I don't have an agenda. I have right. a question. My question is specific when I'm creating. Can you stop, please? I'm trying to find the podcast. <clears throat> I think it's happen. hilarious that your kitty's purring during this part of the conversation. Oh, that's what you call it purring. <laughs> I had to say it. She's, oh, ha, right. Now. She's, she's heckling me. My kitty, my pussy is heckling me. Um, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't let me take myself too seriously. Though. <laughs> hey, yeah, come over here. Come on, come. Um. Yeah. So I. You're I saying you don't have an agenda. I don't have an agenda. I have a question I ask, and I actually have this course that I that I taught for multi-hyphenate artists. Uh, I have two. One is the time trampoline, which is a time management system for multi-hyphenate artists. And the other one is helping artists build um, a business plan for their filming TV projects. Mm. We got to talk. I'm trying to make movies. Are you? I'd love to. I'd love to. That's another conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I know about that. I know about that. so, so we, what the first thing that we do before we build our business plan is like, why, why do you want to make this movie? Because people are, you know, people, you think you have to do this thing because it's the thing that, not even the thing that everyone else does. It's the thing that people are responding to. Mm-hmm. So you, as opposed to what is the question that you're asking? What is the what is the thesis statement of your life's work? Hello. So we build this whole mind map of like all the projects that you have done and all the projects that you have on your mind, like this song, that movie, this podcast, all the things. We lay it out on a piece of paper. Then we put in like all the hats you wear in your life. I'm a mother, I'm a I'm a lover, I'm a musician, I'm a writer, I'm all all over. And then you start looking at like, what's the through line here? Like my identity versus these things that I'm creating. And you start to see what question was I asking in this project and that project until you like come up with an overarching question. 
you know, and for me, it's that thing that I said about the female the expression of the hyper-feminine in a hyper-masculine environment is what I explore. I, I was a choreographer for competitive cheerleading for 10 years. I had an international cheerleading company. I manufactured goods in China, the world. I ran camps all over the world. I trained like Olympic level athletes. I did that for 10 years before I even got into acting. I started all this stuff at 35, acting and music. Wow. So that hype, that, that we talk about a life thesis, hyper feminine expression in a hyper masculine environment is cheerleading. It's also hip hop. Also, the reason my fucking, wait do you see me live? You guys don't even know. Like, <laughs> I, my crowd control skills are next level because <laughs> I was a cheerleader for so long. Talk your shit, Mandy, talk your shit. No. <laughs> cheerleading and hip hop are the same thing. I am yelling rhyming words at drunk people. Getting them hyped up. Look, Jay-Z knows sports and, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. He's got all his hand signals and like fucking chants and like crowd response. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. That is true. Damn. So I want to talk about the music. Like, because you're freestyling so often. Like freestyle off the dome. No, no. Not off the dome. Not off the dome? It looks so off. I've seen, I've seen like, you know, a lot of risks, but it feels like you kind of go off the cuff sometimes. I go off the, I go off the rails. Ah. <laughs> I, do, I do. I do freestyle sometimes in my lives. Yes, I freestyle. I the last live I did, I had a really good run. Like it was, it went for a little while. I, I'm scared to go look at it. <laughs> I, like, in my head, it was good, you know. But I feel like I was just rhyming Cam, Sam, Man. <laughs> like I don't think I was at my full capacity. But when I write, like, I have this poem called Change the Sheets that people really love. It's a spoken word piece. And um, and the Eminem response, um, it's stream of consciousness. Like, I, I could freestyle. It's just, you know, I have to get through the, um, the ego. Um, it's coming. It, it's coming, yeah. So, and most of the shit I've written, like, Except that a Millie freestyle. That was the second one that went viral. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, one. <laughs> that, that one. I. That's the one Chris Brown shared. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, so that one, I was like, I'm gonna actually try to write this. Yeah, I felt like there was like you were trying. You were trying to like you would. You were like, yo, let me take some cats' heads off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try. Because it was a, it was, it was supposed to be on this track called Beaver Trap, and it's three Canadian hip hop female artists: Peaches, um, Betty Ford, and myself. We were gonna all collab on this track, and it just never happened. But I was like, oh shit, Peaches is gonna be on this track. I gotta show up. I can't just write my verse and be like yeah it's fine i have to like just let myself like make bad art sometimes and like maybe yeah like that's how i like revising anything um so i showed up for that one and i feel like it's a really 
clear, like that's really clearly my style. It's kind of abstract. Um, it's because I'm, I've studied poetry. I love poems. I love like when a word can have multiple meanings. And I, to, to the thing we were talking about a couple of minutes ago about being specific and having an agenda, I want to invite the audience in. I don't want to tell them what to think. And this is a part of um, my acting training as well. When you tell an audience what you're feeling, it's called schmacting. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to no indicate. I don't want to indicate. I want it to be like, here's, I'm discovering things and I want you to discover them at the same time I do. So that's the, that is the discipline of the art form of performance is to be able to, not to make it look like it's the first time every time, but for you to experience it every time. You can feel when somebody's shut off because they've been performing this song for 20 years and they're fucking over it. But when you open up the channel and be like, I'm here to experience and enjoy at the same time, then that makes space for the divine to come in and give you like there's always something new to discover yeah you know, oh i have a new wrinkle on my hand i can discover that while i'm doing a poem i've done 30 times and be like have this whole experience of what it means to age even though the poem is about how hot i gives this like dimension you know right gives a different element to it no nah, that that is dope man so like with um with you writing with the albums, with the music, like what what do you want to, what type of artist do you want to be? You know, you mentioned like, okay, you know, you were on this track, you knew you had to show up, right? There's, uh, to compare that to like a, a Nas, for example, right? Like Nas is one of those artists, he gets on that track, he's trying to take, J. Cole, when they get on the track, they're trying to take people's heads off, right? However, you also have certain artists like, um, you know, artists that are specifically focused on vibes. Uh, like for you, what kind of artist do you want to be? Like super lyrical? Is it about just making a great song overall? What kind of artist uh, do you feel you are? Two things to answer that. When I was putting on my lipstick before this podcast, I was like, this is, this is the difference between making shit happen or becoming famous or whatever the fuck is going on with me um, in your 20s and in your 40s. I'm putting on red lipstick because it's already my signature. I know who I am. And I'm a woman who has worn red lipstick since I was in the 20s. It's not an idea. Oh, I'm going to be classic Hollywood and that's my thing. I don't want to do that anymore. I, I don't want to manufacture a thing. As soon as I start thinking about the log line behind what Mandy is as an artist, I lose the discovery. So that's A. Two, I think what I am that's not going away, that I have been my entire life, is that you just don't know what's going to come next because I don't know what's going to come next. So you can be watching me do a track that I've done, you know, a freestyle or whatever that I've done for five years. And like, I'm like, I'm bored of this. 
let's discover something else. And then a new character comes in or like, I've done lose yourself crying through the Renegade makes me cry all the time. So, and sometimes I'm just like, fuck everyone. Sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna take Renegade and I'm gonna make it hypersexual and see what that is like. So the, the answer to that is, um, is just I want to I want to be discovering and I want everyone to be discovering with me. A human being is not the same for 40 years, not even for four minutes. But we don't allow ourselves to explore and indulge. And I think that like the the medium is catching up with me finally. And TikTok wants a new piece of information every three seconds every like i'm like going to producers and i'm having a hard time finding beats because i'm like i want a song that changes every 15 seconds mm. and it's like oh shit now we're and other artists have done this like i remember justin timberlake did it um there's a producer uh omen 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 yeah omen he and I have been talking for a while. We met at Clubhouse before any of this shit happened. He did, um... He did a yeah. few joints. Beyonce and Drake track, You're Mine. I just want to say you're mine, you're mine. Mm-hmm. You're mine, you're mine. That is all over the place. It's like a film score, and he really wants to get into film scores. So I want I want beats that feel like a fucking film score, and then, and then let's go. Let's create an experience, you know, that can be broken up into 15 second pieces, put on TikTok, but then you can also sit and listen to it. That's a 40 minute song and we're gonna go on a ride. That's ultimately where film, storytelling, you know, and this nature of like, this is what it feels like to be alive. Um, that's interesting to me. That's interesting. That's what I want to do. So TikTok is your favorite medium, like your favorite platform? It's the one giving me now, but yeah, I love I love the algorithm. Um, I mean, it's maybe watching your face while you're watching. <laughs> like, it's kind of fucked up, but um, they've been they've been good to me, like really good. They, like, look, I should have been kicked off there a long time ago. And <laughs> uh, very inappropriate. I have been kicked off several times. <laughs> Two, two three. I've been banned a couple times. But they, I am working with an agency, and that's how I ended up on TikTok. Um, several months ago, or a year ago, I think I auditioned for this agency to go live on Bigo, which is a Japanese or maybe Chinese platform, and to go live. And I went on there one time, and I hated it, and I was like, this is bullshit, I'm doing it. They came back to me, the agency, a year later, and said, okay, now we're working with TikTok. They're gonna promote your lives. They're gonna help you know you build a following. I only had 200 followers when I started in November. Wow. I'm at 106,000 now. I hit 100,000 in three months, and I'm making money. People are sending me gifts. It's paying my rent. Like late. I'm always two weeks late, but it's <laughs> but it's paying it though. Um. So they the agency helps me get back on every time. I mean, if nothing else, that it's worth it's worth it for that. Instagram um, has gets mad at me too. Right now, I'm currently not allowed to be monetizing. 
because of whatever I can imagine. That's so weird with that too. It's like, wait, like, wait, like, at least give me the option to take it down first. Like, damn, you're just gonna cut the money off? Yeah, and of course they cut it off as my video was going viral. I'm not even kidding you. Like, all of a sudden I can't monetize this when after it hit a million views, Fuck that sounds a little funny style. Uh, Come no, on, IG. Look, I got my own beef with IG, man. Like, for some reason, I don't got a fucking check mark. This is bullshit, okay? I done had way too many articles. I've been on TV all over the yeah. fucking place. Where's my blue check at? I apply, they say, oh no. Not like what? What what you want? I got I don't want somebody to go put up a fake page of me because IG hasn't caught up to the to the wave yet. I, I applied um, after the first video went viral, and I have like tons of articles from acting, all kinds of shit. I have all the shit. I don't know what they want, man. I don't know what they want. Wow. I, I went to the World Economic Forum. Do you know about this? Yeah. I mean, I know about the forum. Yeah, in Davos, um, in 2018. No, yeah, 2018. Um, it was just before the Cambridge Analytica shit came out um, about them ruining the fucking world. And I went to a Facebook party. So it was, it's a very bizarre experience. <laughs> like I was in the coat check line and someone behind me was like, oh, hello, your majesty. <laughs> and I was like, like, I haven't seen you since like the polo magic. I was like, what the fuck? Um, I would have just went with it, like, yeah. <laughs> like. Nah. I mean, there's you, there's majesties everywhere. Like I was in this <laughs> other party, and this guy, the promoter came over and said, "We have four crown princes in here." <laughs> like, of what? Like, <laughs> anyway, so that's where so, the money comes to talk I, about I more money. I couldn't get into a Russian oligarch party, so I ended up at the Facebook Facebook party, mm. uh, and Zuckerberg wasn't there, but. She, Cheryl Sandberg was, but it felt like so gross. I was really excited to go in because I wanted to pitch them a show idea that I had when they, they were still doing Facebook Watch, like they were going to make shows at that point, whatever they were doing. And it felt like um, going to a frat party just before everyone gets super drunk, like when they're when the professors are there, you know, yeah. and or like an athletic banquet, like at the beginning before they go and everything. I'm going to get murdered for everything I'm saying. Yo, we've seen a lot of Law and Order SVU. You know what I'm saying? I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's yeah. how every Law and Order SVU episode <laughs> starts. Funny uh, because it's true. Oh gosh. No, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, you do an amazing thing. So let me know who, who, who's on the album. Like, I'm. You got the budget you want. Every you got all you got a billion dollar budget. Who's on the album? Who's spitting? Who's producing? Megan. Mm. Nikki. She can have the whole song. I don't give. <laughs> I don't even. Need to be in it. <laughs> Just want to be in the studio when it's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll just watch. I'll go like uh in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, Madonna. Queen Latifah. I want to say Lauren, but 
I feel like she's not gonna like me. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. I saw was it the Eminem line? Was it the you know? Um, I'm dumb enough to ask for a date with Lauren Hill. <laughs> was, was it the Eminem line that, that made you feel like? I saw her on the street one time in Manhattan, and she was fighting with some dude, <laughs> like, sure. like about to get in her car, just fucking telling. And you know. Whatever, man. I'll be whoever she wants me to be. If she wants me to that's fine. I'll So what producers on now? Producers. Dammy with the Fudge Monk. Dilla. I'm res- resurrected. Mm. Like, yo, send me some old Dilla beats. The ones he ain't sent out. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Seriously, his, his catalog is ridiculous. There's, every time I find, like, this new joint, I'm like, yeah. Like, where were they? <laughs> yeah. When I first started doing my lives, I would just like play Dilla Beats in the background and just like go do, I would like do other verses on, I don't know if you've seen me do this, but I like to mix shit up. Like I've been taking Herbie Hancock and doing like Jay-Z. I did mm. the takeover. I'll do the, I did the takeover over Nas, over New York City. Oh. That's, that's, it's that's so a, hard. It's so good. That's an interesting. That's an interesting mix. I'll, I gotta check that. Out. So uh, this is fu- this is dope. I feel like you, based on the type of uh, music that you enjoy, especially with that 15 second thing, Mad Lib, Mad Lib's the guy yeah. that can yeah. do that and like yeah. make it work. Or huh. Timbaland. I feel like Timbaland is also a genius in that way and making hmm. doing the blend like. Tim was yeah. really one of those first producers that yeah. was switching the whole beat. Like yeah. now it's like a thing, like artists is having like two beats a song. Timbaland was really that one of those first producers doing that. JT track. Yep. That's the one where I was like, oh my God, I want all music to be like this. Um, See, I got, I still got that musical. Yeah, I could, you know, I could A and all your shit for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people telling me what to do though, so mm. um, just kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other problem with being in your 40s. Like, oh, I can't be like, oh, really? I think that's a good idea. Don't fucking tell me how the world works. I know how the world works. Shut up. You, you figured it out. <laughs> you have figured it out. Well, I actually know nothing. That's that's what I figured out because I've been in enough conversations with people in the industry, pick an industry where they're telling me what the audience wants and how the world works and whatever. And what I know is that you don't know. No you don't know <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> Damn. So what's 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 next for you? Like, what is the what is the trajectory? Where are you going with all this? Like, okay, BS, what, can I just say I would work with Just Blaze, but he like totally clowned me on fucking Instagram. Wow. Like, just Blaze went in. Yeah. He posted, he reposted the video, like the next day, he's like, this was, I had 15 messages. <laughs> I woke up to 15 messages of this. I'm going back to bed. Um, that's what he said, but I, it hurt my feelings badly. Um, also, <laughs> then I was like, oh my God, if he's got 15 messages, Jane has Oh yeah, Jay Z saw the video. Yeah, Hope it was saw also the video. his like birthday weekend, so he, you know, I was like, I hope he's not having like a crisis of 
aging because this old gray-haired lady is like <laughs> is like what did some and one of the comments was like you you smashed him on his own track like oh my god <laughs> Okay, what's next for me? I hate this question, or not, whatever you, what did you say? I don't like the question. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I'm not going to answer. No. <laughs> I will, but I'll be bitter. I'll be bitter about it. No, um, I want to know, like, what's what's next up? You know, what's the, where are you going? You know, I know, um, I mean, I feel like you have, you're so multi-talented that you can do, you can kind of go in any number of directions. You could easily just deal with acting and just blow up off that and like this be like you could also just lock in and say hey i'm a rapper for a year and i'm just this is all i'm doing i'm in the studio you know i'm so which direction do you feel like you want to lean into so on november 1st darling the day i first went live on tiktok i didn't want to do it because i did not want to build another platform because i'm very angry at building from the, from the first time when Facebook, you know, I built a Facebook following and then they were like, oh, just kidding. Now you can't see all the people who follow you and you have to like, are you kidding? This is my equity that you just took away from me. Like I've been bitter about that since Facebook. So why would I invest in another platform? But the morning of November 1st, retirement home commercial, I prayed to God and I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Just give me a clear path. Show me a clear path. Not to this, because look, God and I have had a lot of conversations. God knows what the, what that means. Show me, give me a clear the path. other hope. The other hope. <laughs> so, so I'm doing laundry later that day, and I hear the voice. And it says, you want a clear path, motherfucker? It's right in front of you. You are, have this meeting today with TikTok. This agency is asking you to go live. Instagram is sending you messages saying, we want to give you bonuses for your reels, pay you, you know. You you create, you create content. You just have been snobby about it and wanting it to be on HBO. Well, this is the new HBO. So go, like, just try it. And ever since then, in moment to moment, Every time I try to do something that I think is smart, it doesn't work. And when I'm in these lives and the, the I see the room count and I see the shares and the whatever, when I think, oh, what do they want? I should do this, I should put on this act. They, the room tanks and they fucking start calling me out on it. There is nothing but the, being authentic in the moment and discovering what I'm creating. So I can make plans and strategize. I'm the queen of strategy. I fucking teach it. I'm not doing that because it doesn't work. And we're in this new paradigm where authenticity is the only currency. So that's what's next is it is doubling down on that conversation with God around what is next? What is, what is now? Not what is next. What is now? I got now. I don't care about. <laughs> Come on now, talk to him. Talk to him, Mandy. Now, <laughs> I mean, it, and people think that that content creation piece is just bullshit, and it's 
To be consistent with your content is a true job. You know, uh, can you tell me a little bit about you developing your consistency in that space? Like, there's a lot of people that are trying to create content. They do it for a couple months. They drop two podcasts. The fourth one, you know, after that, it falls off. Like, what was it in you? Uh, well, one, were there ever moments that you just kind of felt like being lazy and not doing it today? And um, uh, how did you get through those moments? Well, poverty is a really great motivator. <laughs> I need that bread, son. Yeah. The fact that I'm getting paid immediately from TikTok, like I go on, I do a live, I make $100 in an hour. I need that $100. So when I first started, it was $11, but after the second week, it was 20, and then it was 60, and then it was 80, and now it's around 100. Like it's like, sometimes it's 80, sometimes it's 300, like it's all over the place, but it's immediate response. So there's that. But I am a Gemini. I have fucking problems with. I also have commitment issues, but I'm trying. I'm trying, trying to maybe have a relationship. Is that what happened to the Mormon dude in the beginning? <laughs> the ex-Mormon. The ex-Mormon. The guy with six fingers. The one who wore a diaper. I mean, just, oh. I can do. I can do a podcast. Oh. We gotta have a dating podcast to go through all that after. That's that's the next show. That's the next show. Yeah. Um, but I developed this system called the time trampoline earlier for multi-hyphenate artists because you have all this unstructured time and so many ideas. And you don't wanna like cut them off, so you wanna give them life. But what happens is there's this anxiety between um trying to wear multiple hats at the same time so I sit down to write and I'm thinking but but commercial acting is where I'm making my money I should be sending um you know photos to fucking casting directors or doing submissions I can't indulge in writing a poem right now so these the actual art forms start competing with each other or I sit down to um make music and I'm thinking about the strategy of the, how to release it. Or I should, I just made this song, it's a scratch version. Let me send it to the A&R guy at, at Universal that I met at a party. Universal's not even a fucking record, I don't know. Uh, that I met at a party and just totally like cut my legs off. This is, this is still in the gestational phase, but I'm gonna fuck it up by like thinking I need to be a smart producer. No, you need to make art. You, so so I had to build creative, I had to build temples around my creative time to protect myself from myself. So right now I'm wearing this hat and then I will transition into the next hat. And it teaches you how to block out chunks of time to, to make space, not only for the art that you're making money off of, but the art that makes no sense like doing collages or painting or trying sculpture. Like another thing that artists do when you have multiple talents is you think that because you can write a script really well, you spent 20 years learning that, that you should be able to just show up and act like and not have to spend 10 years acting. Yeah, there's transferable skills, but you still need to develop that craft. And we don't give ourselves the space to be a beginner when we're an expert in an area, which I think is why it's hard sometimes for people in midlife to start a new career because they 
think that they should be at the same level. They don't let themselves fall back and become a beginner. It's actually a whole brain thing. It's a different part of the brain, which I won't get into now. So, um, so that's how I learned by, by downloading that system from not the internet, the, 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 the ethernet, um, and, and using it to help myself to actually fucking get something done. And then I started sharing it with my friends because they all struggle with the same thing. There's so many talented people that I know that are fucking geniuses that struggle with this. And it is a game changer. Like they, all of them have had significant improvement in their lives. Um, not just their art, but their relationships because they're not thinking about money when they're trying to have dinner with their family. It's family time. Because mm-hmm. they know that they're going to think about money on Friday mornings from 9 until 12. It has you can lock in on thinking about money and, and your brain will be fresher. Yeah. Rest is important. It's important to like really kind of create those, as you mentioned, like those bubbles. You got to protect your time in specific things. You could be a, a, a you know, a master of all, uh, a jack of all trades and a master of none. <laughs> you you don't want to do that, man. No, that is that is. I gotta say that that's that's pretty ill, man. Like I'm sitting here, you know. So it's wine and hip hop. Sitting here, and I told you I was gonna uh, compare you to a wine, you know. I, so I'm sitting, I'm thinking about our conversation. A lot of times, you know, uh, if it's not a hip hop artist, uh, I specifically think about uh, like what. Well, if it's not a hip hop artist, a lot of people know it's like what hip hop artist do you? Uh, relate to I, for me I'm getting Lil Kim vibes I get I get Lil Kim vibes from like all day um, and we'll go into that into the why with um, you know when I tell you a wine that, that I think that you embody but to me you are a port wine you're, you're a bottle of port you know vintage port as well right so with port um, port is a fortified wine meaning that uh, the distillation process is actually stopped and they throw brandy in there, you know, or like any, a neutral spirit. Um, but port is cool because uh, although the region has rules, it also doesn't have rules. Whereas like they can throw like in Burgundy, for example, uh, the all of the, uh, the red grapes are either going to be um, mostly Pinot Noir, but some Gamay. You know, all the white grapes are going to be mostly Chardonnay, but some Aladote. So the entire region of Burgundy only use four varietals. But with port wines, they use a bunch of shit. <laughs> you know, there are kind of the rules are that there are no rules about what they can put in there. <laughs> you know? So I think I, I can see with you. It is art. There is a structure to it, uh, what you're inviting people in. But you, your only rule is that there are no rules. <laughs> and, and there are there are like certain rules. Like, for example, they don't have, they don't produce a vintage every single year. Like all of the growers in the region, they have to agree like this was a good enough year to put out a vintage. So that's why you don't see like a year on every single bottle of port. Um, but when they do a vintage, it's fucking slamming. So it's not like you going in and trying to write a fucking hip hop quotable 
every verse. But when you decide, I'm gonna sit down and put my Vara's hat on, you gonna give him what you gave him on that a milli beat, you know? (laughs) So to me, you are the port wine of hip hop all day and and you hard as fuck you know what i'm saying <laughs> like that's the thing it, it, it'll get up on you gonna feel support you're gonna feel it you will feel it so uh, <laughs> that's so beautiful that is so beautiful and accurate because my my life growing up with my dad was you have one rule don't lie give me the Lie, don't snitch. Lie. <laughs> don't snitch, yeah. That was um, but don't lie. You know, so there the rule is there are no rules except you have to tell the truth. That is that is my everything. It's what is truth. Honesty. Like I, I think I, I'm so in your in your joints. Do you like go into details about your life? You know, like how nowadays a lot of rappers, they almost like snitching on themselves. <laughs> like, yo, I robbed the store with, with told my man Tony. <laughs> and you know, we came back to the house. This was just the other day. My my gun is actually still warm. I'm in the booth right now. <laughs> <laughs> ODB showing up at a fucking show after he broke out of prison. Cause the thing is like, at the end of the day, you a real one. Like you, you saw some shit. So, you know, probably more than some of these rappers. <laughs> but you also have such an interesting perspective. Like, do you throw like life details in there and like really go into it? Yeah, it it comes out more in spoken word, I would say, than it does the beat does something to it. But there's a spoken word piece that I wrote that I've been I'm still learning. Um, that seems to go well with Lucifer. Mm. That beat. Um, it, about it, you know, being never too late. I think the opening lines are, I'm in the middle of a midlife, no, I'm in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of a legitimate midlife crisis. It started 20 years ago though, so I'm not precious about it. But it talks about, you know, that I had this experience in the summertime, which also was a catalyst for what's happening now, where I had a surgery and see my neck. That was a surgery. Um, I had a cyst in my neck that was a birth defect that only shows up in children and for some reason showed up in me. So they're like, oh, this might be cancer. No, no. You, you you a child at heart. <laughs> I know. Also, my wisdom teeth broke in at the same time. So I was like, I'm fucking Benjamin. You, you growing up. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I got my teeth. Um, but it was really scary, you know, and I've had, I had cervical cancer 12 years ago, 13 years ago. So they were like, I thought it was back. And my father passed from cancer and his started in his skin and then went to his parotid gland, which is right near here. Wow. I was like, oh, what the fuck? And my, I have a dear friend, Evangeline, 
and we have been talking about this throat chakra and how why is this happening around my throat what is it with my voice that i'm not doing oh mm. you know my body was literally like you have to fucking use your voice like and I, like i said i got quiet because i didn't think it was my place and my body the uni like everything was like you have to speak and so after the surgery because of the intubation like it was wrapped around my carotid artery and you could see it that's a real surgery right there yeah um thank god for canadian healthcare (laughs) (laughs) that's my next diss track like to our u.s healthcare um but i i that this this spoken word piece is about that like tried to slit my throat like some Ursula shit because I wasn't using my voice years of screaming with indifference you know you're not going to use it this is what it's really going to feel like to not use it it just so yes I have a lot to say but it comes out because it because when I get into that space it comes when I'm not clowning it comes out in like this this like free flow you know I'm an east coast girl it's like is like my that's my 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 benchmark in terms of like switching he's the flow is constantly changing that was he was doing what I want the beat to do with this rhyme structure and Jay-Z to me like I usually either have Kane or Jay-Z I should probably just make Kane number five because Kane's five. Because, but to me, they're so similar. Like, you can definitely see where Jay Z was inspired by Big Daddy Kane. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, come on. Kane doesn't get enough fucking respect. Yeah, he yo Kane Kane can still rap. Yeah. He's like still nice, like right now. He like, said this, and he's a big wine fan. He actually said this dope line that nine i'm maybe 99 percent of his fans aren't gonna get he said some shit like um i'm the screaming eagle not the second flight and screaming eagle is a really expensive california cabernet and their second label is called second flight like that's their cheaper version and i'm just like yo this dude big daddy kane somebody he's still spitting that shit and that is some Jay-Z shit right there. Like, I don't even care if you're not gonna get this, but when you do, it's gonna resonate that much more. Like, that's what real confidence is about when you're spitting out those bars, you know? Absolutely. And you have, like, for me, that's writing too. When I'm writing comedy or when I'm writing whatever, it's like, there'll be a fart joke, but then there'll also be like something about quantum physics. So. <laughs> space in my work it's accessible somewhere um, yeah. that's why <laughs> oh man yo mandy thank you so much for your time sharing your story being so open with us um you know i came in impressed and i'm leaving even more impressed so thank you for joining us on the show man and you know you already know anything you need holla at your boy 
you know, you got to support over here in the, in the wine and hip hop world. That yeah. makes me think of <laughs> I know who got people they know. Exactly. <laughs> like, yo, I'm lit now. What you talking about? I'm officially lit. And I know people. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, Mandy Mayhem, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this was a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love. <laughs>